0: Thanks for spending time with me, and let's go into the show. If you've tried collagen for aging skin and haven't gotten the results you want, it's because most collagen is missing a critical ingredient. And without this missing link, collagen will not work. But if you have this missing link, you can turn loose, saggy skin into tight, glowing, younger-looking skin. So what is that missing link I'm talking about? It's vitamin C. And of course, you may know vitamin C is a powerful immune-boosting nutrient, but did you know that vitamin C is also a critical nutrient for anti-aging? You see, vitamin C is the glue that holds collagen together in your body. And if you're low in vitamin C, well, all of that collagen you're taking is pointless. And here's the thing. Not all vitamin C supplements are created equal. Most of them are not very bioavailable. And they simply pass through your digestive system, creating expensive urine. However, our friends over at Purality Health have a patented formula that utilizes something called micelle liposomal technology, which delivers the nutrients into your bloodstream. And it's proven to be 800% more efficient. So if your skin is looking older than you and the appearance of fine lines, wrinkles, age spots, sagging skin, and otherwise old-looking skin frustrates you, then give Purality Health's micelle liposomal vitamin C a try. It's backed by a 180-day money-back guarantee. So you really have nothing to lose and you have everything to gain. And today, we have a 30% off coupon for you. Just visit purityhealth.com and use the coupon code DRJ. To access 30% off your purchase today. Guys, Purality Health is amazing. It's a product. I, I use the liposomal vitamin C, the curcumin gold. My family uses these on a regular basis. They're awesome. So give this a try again. They have a 180 day money back guarantee and a 30% off coupon for you. Just go to puralityhealth.com and use the coupon DRJ to get that 30% off your purchase today mental health is a serious crisis in our society. More people dealing with anxiety, depression, bipolar, irritability, sleep issues than ever before. And this podcast, really dive deep on this topic, go through the root cause factors and what you need to do to address these issues. Now, I will say that there are a couple spots in this podcast where we had poor internet connection, so it just kind of goes in and out. But I would say 99% of the podcast is really clean. Great, great content. You guys are going to thoroughly enjoy it. And if you have not subscribed to our channel, now is the time to do that. That way you never miss one of these important episodes and leave us a five-star review. When you leave a review, that helps us reach more people and impact more lives with this message. Thanks so much for doing that. And let's go into the show. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. We've got a great topic. We're going to talk about the web of mental health and how to unravel it you know we know that mental health disorders things like depression anxiety bipolar disorders these are on the rise many of you guys have suffered with it in the past you have family members that are dealing with it maybe coworkers people that you know that are cl- that you're you're close to in your life are dealing with this whether you know it or not i mean the statistics are really alarming when they look at surveys of people that are you know filling out these surveys anonymous surveys How many people are actually dealing with anxiety, bipolar disorder, depression? How many people are on pharmaceutical drugs taking these things? I mean, my wife will tell me all the time. She'll be like, you have no idea. Like she, you know, she's at our church. She's talking to different ladies. She's like, I had no idea this person was on antidepressants. I had no idea this person was on anxiety medications. And so as you go through your day, you're going to run into a lot of people that are dealing with these issues. And so it's really important that we understand the root cause factors that are involved in this. And that is why I brought on my good friend, Dr. Yvonne Bajude. Is that how you spell, say your last name, Dr. Yvonne? Pretty
1: close. Bujaude.
0: Bajude. Okay. Yes. Good. And good. I good. know
1: you don't say it very often. So when you see it, it's like, okay, what do I do with all these vowels? Exactly. Like,
0: oh. we, I either call <laughs> her Yvonne them. or Dr. B, right? So, um. Yeah. And Dr. Yvonne is a board-certified naturopathic doctor. She's highly qualified, certified functional medicine practitioner, an integrative mental health practitioner. She holds a master's in psychology and an MS in health science with a concentration in clinical nutrition. And she's also a candidate for the clinical nutrition diplomate, uh, which is really hard to get. You have to put a lot of continuing hours in. She's also a certified gluten-free practitioner and a certified food and spirit practitioner. She's a member of the American Naturopathic Medical Association, Society of Complementary Alternative and Holistic Practitioners, and the ACA Council of Nutrition. And she's recently joined our team here at drjockers.com, where we help people all around the world with a wide variety of health conditions. And Dr. Yvonne is an amazing member of our team. She's uh, just fantastic at working with clients, lots of experience, loves helping people, and we're going to dive into this, this uh, concept of mental health this and, and really unravel the web of mental health, right, Dr. Yvonne? So why don't we start by you just kind of sharing your story and how you got involved with natural health and particularly this emphasis on mental health. Great. Well,
1: first of all, I want to thank you for the opportunity to be here today. It's a privilege, an honor to work with you alongside you. So first of all, thank you. It's totally awesome. So yeah, let me share my story because this is the reason why I am so passionate about helping people with their mental health. And this is something that continuously drives me to get better educated and learn and research and this and that. So it's like, wow, it's just fascinating. So I really um, would like to share my story because I believe my story will give others hope. And that's really what I would like to do. So let's say that when, um, you know, I was a very healthy person. You may consider that I was a healthy person until I gave birth to my son. Um, I was so happy to give birth to this beautiful baby. And, but I knew something was wrong. And, um, and shortly thereafter, I was diagnosed with depression, anxiety, um, and psychosis. You know, so I got the bonus on the psychosis, I have to say, because most women that suffer from postpartum depression is the depression and psychosis, a very small percentage, but I got that one. So, um, this is what, this was a particularly trying time in our lives. And our, my doctor told us that 50% of the couples that find themselves in this situation end up in divorce.
0: Yeah.
1: And we found ourselves in this very difficult situation I was given medication to manage my depression, anxiety, and psychosis for many years. And uh, let me tell you, I was very thankful for the medication because the medication kept me alive, but unfortunately it did not have the power to heal me. I took the medication for many, many years until the medication no longer worked. And not only that, but then I acquired more diagnoses. So, this situation got so bad. It got so bad that to the point where I became suicidal and I almost lost everything. And one of those diagnoses that I got was arthritis. And this was a blessing in disguise. I know this kind of a weird statement, but it was because it triggered a memory that when I was little, my aunt at a young age of 23 or so got diagnosed with arthritis, juvenile arthritis. And so she went and had conventional treatment for about 10 years, uh, but she still experienced pain and she even had her joints deformed until one day she said, you know what? This is not working anymore, I gotta try something else. So she went to see a naturopath and through his care, she was able to get her um, illness into remission. So when I got diagnosed with with arthritis, I go, oh my goodness, I better try that. So I did. And, and, and so <clears throat> with God's help and nature and my own innate ability to heal, I was able to finally heal and get my life back. Mm-hmm. So I suffered greatly with mental illness. I mean, I'm telling you, it's no fun to have all those things and other uh, devastating diagnosings. But my miraculous healing prompt me to ask many questions. It's like, why did this happen to me? Why did I get sick? How did it all? So I started studying nutrition and got into natural medicine. And so I would tell my husband, I don't know what I wanna do when I grow up because I knew that I was gonna take a different path. At that point, I already had a master's degree, but I knew something was going to change because I felt my suffering had a purpose. And so I I felt my, my purpose was to help others in similar situations. And so, you know, with much prayer, God's help, you know, I went into an educational path where I became a health coach, then got a second master's degree in, in health sciences with a concentration of um, clinical nutrition and then continued and became a more certified naturopathic doctor and then functional medicine practitioner. So that's you know, how it all went down with me. So I'm sure that many of your listeners can relate to my story. You know, some of them are saying, huh, maybe maybe the medication is helping them, but it has not really taken all their symptoms. And some people may wonder if they're ever going to feel better and totally well again. And others may think, is this ever going to end? well, my mission is to bring hope to these individuals. Why? Because I am testimony of what is possible.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You are. And you have this pain to purpose story. And I think many of us get into to natural health and, you know, pursue a high level education in it because we have this. I know for me in my early twenties, I, I, you know, I thought I was going to be a personal trainer and, you know, the education I had led me to have irritable bowel syndrome, right? And um, as I learned how to heal my body, I realized, hey, I really want to be a doctor. And you know I hadn't thought about that in the past, but uh, you know that was that was part of the process for me. And so, for many of us, we've dealt with these health issues. And you know it gives us more empathy for people that are dealing with you know various inflammatory conditions, mental health conditions. And you know when it comes to mental health, people aren't really talking that much about this, you know, as far as you know most people just kind of keep this to themselves. Whereas you know, when somebody has chronic pain, that's something they often share with people. But if they're dealing with anxiety, depression, they, they, they keep that quiet. But we're really dealing with a major epidemic in our society, aren't we?
1: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it's so sad that now in America mental health is really in a crisis, particularly now after the recent pandemic, we have seen suicidal rates go up, depression, anxiety go up and with it, crime and, you know. So let me share with you some quick statistics on mental health here in America. One in every five Americans will have a diagnosable mental illness or mental condition at any given year. And almost 50% of Americans will meet the criteria for a diagnosable mental condition sometime in their Mm -hmm. lifetime. Just think about that, that's super duper high. And half of those people will develop conditions by the age of 14. These are sovereign statistics and how prevalent mental illness is. And if I may share the definition of mental illness, according to the American Psychiatric Association, it relates to illnesses that change emotions thinking behavior and a combination of those and mental illness are associated with distress and problems functioning in social at work and family settings. And among these are mood disorders. You know, these are the more known disorders such as anxiety, depression. And then you have things like psychosis, OCD, schizophrenia, and some experts classify Alzheimer's, autism, ADD, and ADHD as mental illness as these disorders come with a behavioral and emotional changes. Now, when you come down to it, anxiety disorders are among the most common mental illness in America. Generalized anxiety, OCD, phobias, PTSD, all of these fall into this category.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, in the medical system, when, they, when somebody has these kind of conditions, they really, they tell people, well, I think you have a chemical imbalance, right? And that's right. kind of the main, I would say, the main theory that they've gone about with but you know, I know you and I have looked at, uh, at studies and research, and there really isn't compelling research. There's
1: so many disorders to mental illness with different symptoms, treatment, risk factors, prognosis, and so forth. And you mentioned like, the prevalent uh, belief or theory of mental illness is a chemical imbalance. Absolutely, and I think we all can relate to that. I was told that. I was told that the reason why I was suffering with mental illness is because I had a chemical imbalance, so it had to be solved with another chemical. And so um, let, there are two um, uh, theories, or so to, let's name in theories of mental illness. The first one that you mentioned is the men, that mental health is called by a chemical imbalance. And like you said, this is mostly held in the traditional mental health model, The second one you also mentioned, mental health is caused by inflammation. And this Mm. model has emerged in the last 10 to 20 years, and this really is the most promising. So generally speaking, in the traditional mental health model of mental illness, it's a chemical imbalance that may be treated with medication to balance brain chemistry. For example, in the case of depression, the major player would be Serotonin in the case of anxiety would be GABA, and in the traditional healthcare system, is usually composed. Of, the treatment is usually, uh, you know, medication, and there's times when complementary and alternative alternative ter- therapies are used. So that is typically how you know treatment is 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 done with this model. Now it's interesting that. In this model, the risk factors are, are, are as follows. genetics, you know, you heard that, well, you know, yeah. I have a family of this illness, therefore, you know, it's very likely that I will have this, that, or the other. So genetics, trauma, stress, sub- substance abuse, prenatal damage, uh, brain defects, or injury. So at the end of the day, the prevalent form of treatment are drugs and therapy. Mm -hmm. And typically, and this happened to me, and it happens to a lot of people, typically when an individual is prescribed a medication for mental illness, they're told this treatment is a lifetime. Yeah. Okay. So we, you know, that's what I was held to believe that until it got so bad that I go, oh my goodness, there must be something better than this. So in short, the working theory in the traditional mental health model is that chemical imbalance in the brain is due to either a deficiency or an access resulting in mental illness. Mm. Now, i like to have give you a side note. I would like to say that there's a place and time for medication. And I will be the first to say that I'm thankful that it saved my life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If you're currently taking... Medicine under the care of a physician. Please continue taking your medication, if, and until and otherwise indicated by your prescriber. You know, I believe this is so very important because mental health and mental illness and is so. You know, a lot of things. If you don't know how to tackle it, if you're not under the care of a physician practitioner, you really need to be careful. Not take things onto your own hands. So yeah, it, because because it the- can
0: be dangerous to just come off of some of these medications because you know your body starts to downregulate. Like if you're taking you know a SSRI or a serotonin reuptake inhibitor, um, your body starts to downregulate. You know, and starts to change the dynamics in inside of your brain to be able to respond to that, right? And actually, you Absolutely. know, and and it's it can start to reduce the amount of serotonin that's produced, and therefore. You can have some pretty significant side effects if you come right off of it cold turkey.
1: Their brain has changed, their chemistry has changed, but they also have not changed the root causes. So it's very difficult to get off of it. And that's one of the reasons, because it's really true. You, you kind of are stuck with it unless you make some changes. Because, like you said, your brain changes, and it's is it is not it, it is very dangerous not to do it under the supervision of your physician.
0: Yeah, for sure. Now, you talked about inflammation as being one of the root cause factors. Let's talk about what is inflammation.
1: Yeah. And so, this is inflammation opens the door to the second theory of mental illness. Mm -hmm. According to this theory of mental illness, inflammation, um, mental illness is the result of inflammation because inflammation impacts the brain so much that you get a diagnosable mental illness now inflammation is a function of the immune system and impacts neurological tissue neurotransmitters the neuroendocrine modulators the nerve the central nervous system in general so like you said what is inflammation is the immune system response to injury or perceived injury to the body so see how it is is it's a real thing or it's a perceived thing and this is a good response you know our body was designed to work it has a lot of wisdom so it knows what it's doing and this is a good response a much needed response that it protects repairs and heals however when there's a constant inflammation for a long period of time, the inflammatory response becomes no longer helpful, but harmful. It starts to create some, in some cases, systemic imbalances and injuries to tissues, organs, and body systems, depending on your weakest link or your genetics. Mm-hmm. So it will be the tissue, the organ, or the, or the body system that will be affected. Um, this phenomenon of inflammation has been studied uh, for a long time as it relates to mental health. And it is a well-established phenomenon. You know, a really simple study that I'd like to mention is um, a study done in 2018, published by the of Brain and Behavior and Immunity, found that the association of low mood and inflammation. So if you had a lot of inflammation in your body, there was an association of low mood. Mm -hmm. So in general, inflammation, this is not really interesting. The simplest way of thinking about it is in general, inflammation decreases the production of the feel-good neurotransmitters, as serotonin and GABA and increases the bad, you know, transmitters or the feel bad transmitters such as glutamate in the example in here of depression and anxiety. Yeah. Now, this is so interesting. The literature is full packed with evidence um, as it relates that chronic conditions such as obesity, chronic pain, thyroid problems, heart problems, lupus, fibromyalgia, A number of infections such as HIV, shingles, and the latest coronavirus um, have a high risk of developing anxiety Hmm. and depression. I mean, it's like full of evidence. All of these conditions have in common the inflammation or the inflammatory response as the cause. Now, I'm going to just talk a little bit, not get too technical, but I think it's important that we understand this. This individuals, when these studies looked at, these individuals had high levels of inflammatory cytokines. So what are cytokines? Cytokines are signaling molecules whose job is to communicate with the immune system to stimulate cells toward the sites of inflammation, infection, and injury. Now cytokines interact, this is so interesting, Mm-hmm. Cytokines interact with the central nervous system, neurotransmitters, neuroendocrine regulations, so it relates communication between the nervous system and the hormones, and neuroplasticity. And this is the ability of the, of the brain to produce or have new connections. Like I said, there's a large body of evidence in the scientific literature literature that shows how the association of pro-inflammatory cytokines in individuals with depression, anxiety, ADD, psychosis, bipolar disorders, disorders, and the list goes on and on. Now, another interesting thing. It is true the other direction as well. That is, if an individual has a mental illness, also tends to be diagnosed with other inflammatory conditions such as IBS, obesity, diabetes, cancer, and so forth. So what we see is that there's a relationship, a bidirectional association. So it goes both ways. Mental illness is a risk factor for chronic conditions And other chronic conditions produce a risk factor for developing illness. So this biodirection has to do what is called with the brain-gut-gut axis. And guess what? 70 to 80% of our immune system is in the gut. By the same token, our gut, specifically our microbiome, is responsible for metabolizing neurotransmitters, uh, other compounds necessary for brain health. And it it is involved in detoxification, nutrient absorption, production of vitamins, and so forth, all needed for brain health. And what is interesting is this brain communicates with our gut through the vagus nerve that runs. So this is the way it connects. And then the vagus nerve innervates the organs in the body. So that is how everything is interconnected. And it is so fascinating.
0: Yeah, so, it truly is.
1: Yeah, it is. And yeah. uh, so when somebody
0: has leaky gut or something like that, <clears throat> now these large proteins are getting into the bloodstream. And the body says, okay, these large proteins, this is a risk factor. These are pathogens. Sometimes they're bacteria. Sometimes they're undigested food particles turns up inflammation throughout the body. And for people that are more susceptible, that's going to get into the blood brain barrier. It's going to affect brain function. And for some individuals they can develop mood disorders. And you were talking about mood disorders and you're talking about just kind of how it's associated with inflammation throughout the body. And it's also been shown that people that suffer with depression or anxiety, um, sleep issues, things like that, much higher risk of developing neurodegenerative conditions later in life, which we know are classified by chronic brain inflammation as well. Right. And you know, and I'm glad you mentioned that because the reality
1: is that mental health and brain health are, I believe they're one and the same. Yeah. Just the way it manifests is different. From some people is, you know, emotional, behavioral, yeah. although brain degeneration also shows behavioral and emotional changes. And as a matter of fact, if you suffer from depression and anxiety, it gets you at a higher risk of developing uh, uh, um, Alzheimer's and so forth. So yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So what do we do? So we know that inflammation is, you know, obviously at the root here. And that's what people really need to understand is that, you know, when you have a mental health disorder, certainly there could have been some trauma in your life. There could be, you know, maybe even just some challenging circumstances you're dealing with, but if it's not something you can sleep off, like, you know, we all, we've all had tough days and it's like, we're tired at the end of the day. We're a little depressed. We're a little sad. We should be able to sleep it off, wake up the next morning, you know, and feel better. Right. Even if our circumstances are the same, it's like, we feel better when you kind of, when you get stuck in this, Really low level depression or this anxiety or having panic attacks, things like that. You have to, you have to realize that there's high levels of inflammation in your body. So, how do we go about starting to address that?
1: Great question. And just to review, just to so we can understand. I'm I'm so glad you put it that way. So, mental illness, we concluded, is the result of the interaction between the immune system the central nervous system, the neuroendocrine system and, the, and neuroplasticity. So yeah. we keep that in mind. Then we go like, so what do we do? Uh, how is this mental yeah. illness, poor brain and health? And just real quick, that's the
0: web it. that you were talking about. Exactly. Right? Say that one more time.
1: Sure. So mental illness is the result of a complex uh, um, interaction between the immune system the central nervous system, the neuroendocrine en- system, mm. and neuroplasticity. It communicates with our glands yeah. and neuroplasticity is, is new connections in the brain.
0: Mm. Yeah, because the brain's and constantly sorry, rewiring. Was... The brain right. is constantly rewiring itself. So we can actually condition different thought patterns just by thinking certain things, right? People talk about right. you know, positive visualization. You can actually, you know, your, your brain's constantly growing little branches and and changing itself and reshaping itself based on our thought patterns, our activities, movements that we're doing. And you know, this is how you develop muscle memory, right? If you're doing a certain movement, if you're shooting baskets, right? You get better at it because you're creating this muscle memory. It's is all part of this sort of neuroplasticity. And so when we have inflammation, right, it can create this kind of change, these changes in the brain that fire up kind of these more depressive thoughts or anxious or anxiety types of issues, things like that. And that's kind of that neuroplasticity component.
1: And which is really interesting because you can develop plasticity with negative thinking.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, you can
1: also do that. So, yeah. I mean, we've all
0: been, we've all seen that because like there's people that are in our lives or, you know, maybe we're in our lives that it's like, seems like everything that happens are always negative about it, right? And it's it's just kind of their yeah. default way of thinking. When something happens, they've conditioned themselves to be pessimistic, to be negative, to complain, right? And, you know, like I even see it with like with my kids. Kids, a lot of times, especially if they're competing for attention, sometimes they'll complain because they get, you know, they get priority, <laughs> right? When they're complaining. So sometimes we can start to develop these. And, and for adults, a lot of times, they haven't broken this habit, right? And they've kind of created these neuroplastic changes to where something happens. They're complaining about it. They're, they're negative about it. They're being a victim about it. Yes. Um, and they don't necessarily have to think that way. In fact, there's a more empowering way of going about it. But these are, this is kind of the default and the, the entrained way for them to think. And so it takes actual work, right? And discomfort for them to actually think a different way.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, I like to think now that you mentioned kids, I, I like, I used to explain to my kids, you know, if you keep thinking this way, it's like your dog, Peanut, you know, you you see the backyard, Peanut keeps running back and forth, back and forth the same way. And there's actually a path Mm. where there's dirt and there's grass. And it's like when you have negative thinking, it's like that dog going back and forth, back and forth. And then the natural process is just good. Oh, here, here we go, here we go. So we need to grow new grass, yeah, <laughs> new, so that we can get rid of that, you know, negative plasticity that we yeah. have created with our thought process. But anyway, moving on with uh, so what do we do now that we know that? Inflammation is associated with mental illness. And as you mentioned, also with mental health, what do we do? So you may think, oh, you know what? Anti-inflammatories. Anti-inflammatories is a great, great way to go about it. And you would say, well, yes, and not really. But case in point, Celebrex is a drug that is often given to patients with depression. And this is actually an anti-inflammatory drug. So, you know, it's the right direction, but it's too simplistic. And what I like to say is too linear, you know, inflammation related to depression. So let's give you an anti-inflammatory. And for some people it works. And some people, you know, they they never get rid of their symptoms and Mm -hmm. they're kind of stuck. But the truth is that a better way of looking at mental health can be thought as a web. Many things go wrong. There's no one thing. Maybe one thing is the driving force. Uh, and so then there's a tan- is everything is tangled up. It's like a web. So in order to recover health and create optimal health is to unravel the web. The web is different for everybody. There's no unique, there's no web same for everybody, just mm-hmm. like there's this drugs for this and no matter the person but is very distinct. We all have different webs of mental illness. And that is a very, very important concept because that is what is going to drive what we do to help people to get their health back.
0: Hey guys, I just wanted to interrupt this podcast to tell you about one of my favorite food products. I mean, if you're out there and you're looking for healthy snack options or You know, really healthy food, sometimes it can be hard to find a gut-friendly, gluten-free snack option. And that's why you need to know about Paleo Valley. Their 100% grass-fed beef and 100% pasture-raised turkey meat sticks are not only loaded with delicious flavor, but they are completely free of carbs and sugar. Such a great bioavailable protein snack to grab on the go. I oftentimes will eat them with meals too. Like if I eat a meal and I'm still a little bit hungry, feel like I need a little bit more protein and healthy fats, I go ahead and have them. You know, they're gluten-free, they're soy-free, they're dairy-free, GMO-free, preservative-free. I mean, what's not to love about that? On top of that, they actually also have probiotics in them as well. So you're getting the protein healthy fats, and you're getting probiotics. Lots of key minerals and nutrients in there and they taste amazing. And now you can use my coupon code, JOCKERS, just my last name, J-O-C-K-E-R-S, to get 15% off your order today. Simply go to their website, paleovalley.com and enter JOCKERS at checkout and you'll receive 15% off your entire purchase. The link and discount code are also available in the show notes of today's episode. Once you try these meat sticks, you won't be able to get enough. My kids and I absolutely love them and I know your family will too, so try them out today. If you are a coffee drinker, I have some critical information you need to know. You see, coffee is the number one source of antioxidants people are consuming all around the world. It's rich in chlorogenic and caffeic acid, which are polyphenols that stabilize your blood sugar, support gut health and improve your brain, and they also stimulate autophagy and deep cellular healing. So coffee has many amazing health benefits, but there's a dark side to coffee. It often carries mold, dangerous mycotoxins, and is heavily sprayed with pesticides that lead to chronic disease. It's also acidic, causing stomach issues and many have to stop drinking coffee as they get older because it irritates their stomach lining. That's why I started drinking Life Boost Coffee. I wanted something that had all the health benefits with none of the mold and chemicals found in regular coffee. Plus it's a shade grown coffee, which is naturally a low acid coffee that doesn't hurt my stomach. And they have hundreds of testimonials of people who couldn't stomach traditional coffee, who can now enjoy coffee on a daily basis without any digestive discomfort. They also third party tests for 450 plus toxins, including mycotoxins, molds, heavy metals, pesticides, and even glyphosate, just to make sure it's the cleanest healthiest cup they can provide to their customers. I also really like these guys because they build schools for their farmers' children near the coffee farms where they harvest their their coffee beans. And their corporate sponsors are the Rainforest Trust to prevent deforestation and protect wildlife. They really care about the environment. And because you're listening to my podcast right now, you can get 50% off your first order by going to www.lifeboostdeal.com dot com. That's lifeboostdeal.com. They are, again, shade grown, low acid, clean and free of toxins, and they taste amazing. Just go to lifeboostdeal.com to get 50% off now. One person's root cause might be that they're living in a moldy home that's driving up inflammation. Another person may not be living in a moldy home, but they have gut dysbiosis. They have maybe small intestinal bacterial overgrowth that's causing them not to be able to absorb key nutrients, driving up more inflammation in their gut. Uh, that's affecting all all systems of their body. Another person may have maybe been abused as a child and hasn't been able to work through that. Right. So there's other there's certain root factors, root cause factors that you know all. It's usually a combination of root causes, but there can be one or two that are just a higher priority, right? Um, right. driving this.
1: Exactly. And you know, the body is so wonderfully designed that it has so many ways of compensating. When you see dysfunction or illness is because the body is no longer capable of compensating. And so in natural medicine, we believe that the body was created with a lot of wisdom and innate ability to heal itself. We believe that when you remove what is blocking the body from healing and give the body what it needs, then the body is able to heal itself. So how do we unravel this mental health situation? We know that the brain and mental health are negatively impacted by inflammation. We already established that. And one way of unraveling the web of mental health and brain health is to find the source or sources of inflammation. This is super duper powerful. Mm -hmm. So powerful. Mm -hmm. So the next question is, where is the inflammation? Where is it coming from? And like you mentioned, and I mentioned too, The web is different for every individual suffering from poor mental health or brain health, and understanding this is key in order to address each unique person's source of inflammation. Mm -hmm. Now, the sources of inflammation are vast, so I'm going to give you some, and I classify them in categories, but by no means is this an exhaustive list of you know, by any means at all. You mentioned trauma. So one is psychological sources, trauma, poor interpersonal relationships, lack of community, lack of purpose, negative thinking. And we mentioned this already with the little doggy making a path, Mm -hmm. you know? So another one is life factors, such as poor diet, like the American Standard Diet, or also known in the nutrition community as a SAD diet. No pun intended. (laughs) Yeah. Lack of exercise, high stress, poor sleep. You also mentioned sleep, not enough sun exposure. Mm -hmm. I mean, for mental health and for everything, we need vitamin D. Not enough, you know, poor hydration. So these are just examples of life factors that they kind of stack up, everything's stacking up or it makes a web of things. Now you also mentioned um, pathogens, toxic overload is huge. Some people that suffer from mental illness have some kind of uh, pathogens like mold you mentioned, herpes, candida, overgrowth, all of these are factors. Environmental toxins such as smoke, BPAs, glyphosate, now glyphosate is becoming huge nowadays. Heavy metals like mercury, lead, arsenic, and so on. Now, genetic factors are also a factor. And we all heard, like we mentioned before, that mental and brain issues run in families. However, we need to take into account that families also live in similar environments and tend to have similar lifestyles. So it's, you know, you've got to untangle that. That said, there's certain SNPs or genetic variations that are likely to predispose someone to develop mental illness or poor brain health. Examples of these are the MTHFR. And without getting into a lot of detail, the MTHFR SNP impacts detoxification, neurotransmitter production, and hormones. Another SNP, the comp uh, uh, SNP, predisposes individuals to excessive worry or anxiety. Now, please remember that genes or genetics are not your destiny. They're not your destiny. They're only what is possible. And you're able to turn on and off genes with lifestyle and environmental variables, okay? Now, hormonal imbalances. This is huge in mental illness as well. Things like thyroid, cortisol, melatonin. And I like and lastly, I like to mention one that is many times dismissed. concussions or brain injury. A lot of people, I see a lot of clients that you know they have worked with many other uh, practitioners and they did wonderful testing, this and that and the other, but they're still feeling. Not well. Well, it turns out they have a history of concussion or brain injury. So we need to address the brain specifically. And so I always look for this variable in clients when I'm working with. So here are the, you know, the most uh, important uh, risk factors for mental health.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and so critical that that you kind of go through that list because you're really trying to figure out which of these is the major driver here because that's going to help you formulate your treatment plans and uh, and actually get to the root cause factor rather than treating everybody as a one-size-fits-all approach, which is what you tend to see happening in the mainstream medical model is, okay, you have these symptoms, you're getting this pill rather than addressing the root cause and, and tailoring the treatment plan, Right um, around that particular root cause issue.
1: Right. Exactly. So when, and when I work with clients, uh, with mental health or brain injury or issues, I should say, I consider there is a web that needs to be untangled. And I work through a three-step process, uh, in order to create optimal health and brain health. And this is discover Discover what are their sources of inflammation. Optimize. Now, and I'm going to tell you the three first mm-hmm. is discover, optimize, and maintain. When I say discover, is what are the inflammatory sources of my client? And this is done through health history, questionnaires, client interview, and lab testing. The next one is optimize. Optimize is you. I take this information, I unravel the web and untangle it and then develop a wellness program designed Mm -hmm. to optimize their health by removing the sources of inflammation and giving the body what it needs. And the last one is maintain because once you have accomplished this or in the process of accomplishing this, you want to maintain. And so I support, educating, help them develop skills so clients will be able to maintain the progress, long-term results. Mm-hmm. So that is super, super important because you don't, I don't want them to be working with me until forever. I would like for them to be able to take care of themselves. And like, you know, do you know the term doctor is teacher. So we want to teach people and I teach my clients, uh, to take care of themselves, how they, I tell them, you know, their sources of inflammation, how to avoid them. And of course, the wellness program will help them remove them. And so allowing and helping the body heal itself. The body at the end of the day is the one that is going to heal.
0: Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So, what are the best action steps for somebody to start taking? Obviously, You know, you work with people all over the world, you customize treatment plans, but you know, there's some, uh, low hanging fruit, let's say when it comes to starting to optimize your health, you talked about a little bit about it earlier. Um, what are some of those things? Let's talk more about some of those that people can get started with. And then if they're not seeing improvement and when they should know, they should, you know, really reach out for, for testing and, uh, you know, just an expert to help guide them through a process.
1: Great question, and I think it's true. I think we can do a lot for ourselves to maintain and keep our mental health um, good, you know, optimal. And I believe the number one thing, the number one thing, is change your mindset. This is super important.
0: Yeah.
1: Why? We need to believe that we are able to optimize our health, health, and this is possible. You know, a lot of people believe that, you know, they're victims. You mentioned the word victims. They feel they're victim. I was I was born in this family. I have this genetics. I have this, this, that, and the other, and there's nothing I can do. No, 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 no. First thing, mindset. You need to change that mindset and believe uh, that you can make changes that will take you to the path of healing. So that's number one. The next one is optimized lifestyle factors. And you know what is so interesting? Health in general is in a way so simple, and and yet it is not regarded as potent. But the reality is that that the basics of healthy living, living are so potent that it changes lives. Things like eating an anti-inflammatory diet. Yeah. I mean, how how complicated may that be? Well, we may be needing to educate people what that is, but basically, if you remove all processed foods, that's huge. If you eat a diet abundant in veggies and fruits, legumes, grains, seeds, uh, non-gluten grains, by the way, and that's a topic that we're not going to cover because we're not going to finish healthy fats and meats. That would be, you know, what in general terms, an anti-inflammatory diet looks like for some people, you know, there's certain foods that are um, sensitive or, or intolerant. I would eliminate those two Mm -hmm. now exercise. Oh my goodness. Exercise is amazing. So please start at your own level of fitness and work yourself up to exercising on most days. And what you'll find is that, Oh, it feels so good to exercise. And before you know it is like, Oh my gosh, I forgot. I need to take a day of rest.
0: So. Yeah. Some of these simple things too, like exercise, there's a lot of studies out there that actually compare exercise to antidepressant medications, for example, and oftentimes the, the people that are just exercising get better results, right? And that's because, you know, they're driving movement information, proprioception up into the brain. They're getting more oxygenation in their brain. They're moving their lymphatic system, helping flush out toxins. You know, there's so many different benefits. They're stimulating BDNF, brain-derived neurotropic factor in their brain, which, you know, is is like miracle grow in the brain, helps create these new neural uh, connections and helps flush out. It helps set your circadian rhythm when you're exercising, particularly earlier in the day, getting out, getting sunshine. So I mean, there's just so many benefits that we could talk about and how it helps mental health. So it's definitely something, you know, it's a low hanging fruit for people to get started with.
1: Right. And you know what is interesting? Another benefit is, is it um, the microbiome. Yeah.
0: Exercise
1: impacts mm-hmm. the microbiome. So that right. is so interesting. So, oh my goodness. Yeah. Exercise is amazing. Prioritizing sleep. Yeah. Ideally, so, so be anywhere from seven to eight yeah. hours. Manage stress. I know this is also one of those things that are very difficult. You know, we live in a very stressful uh, society environment. So managing stress can be challenging. But all of these things what I find is that we don't take it seriously as important as the importance it deserves. So we like, oh, you know, well, I'm hungry. I'll just go to the fast food restaurant. You know, I just need to eat exercise. Well, you know, I really don't need to lose weight. So, huh? And then sleep. Oh, my goodness. I have all these papers to do all this work. I'm just going to sleep is gone. And before you know it, all the things that keep you strong and healthy, you throw them out the window. So definitely. Yeah. And so manage stress. The other thing that I would suggest for people that want to be proactive is to take a multivitamin mm. and mineral supplement. Um, you know, it's practically impossible to, even when you have a healthy diet, to get all the nutrients you need. So it's kind of a, your insurance that you're going to have yeah. all the nutrients you need, particularly B vitamins. Uh, yeah. Fish oil vitamin D and probiotics. Those are, you know, those things that anybody can take yeah. to promote general health as well, as well as mental health and brain health. Uh, yeah, the that's other that's things- great
0: foundational supplements, a good high quality multivitamin. Ideally, you're looking for like methylated forms of, for example, folate, um, as opposed to like folic acid, Uh, methylcobomaline as opposed to, you know, your cyanocobomaline for B12. So you're looking for like something like that um, as far as a multivitamin and then good probiotics can be really helpful. A lot of people respond really well. A lot of good studies that show that taking probiotics really supportive for people dealing with mental health disorders, omega-3s, tons of great studies on omega-3s. We know they're so critical for brain health and you're looking for the long chain omega-3s, EPA and DHA in there. Um, So fish oils, you know, are are, going to be where you're going to find that as opposed to like a a flaxseed oil or kind of a vegetarian approach to um, getting your omega-3s. Those are smaller chain omega-3s don't have quite the same benefits. And then vitamin D, like you mentioned, you know, we know that people with vitamin D levels up over 50 nanograms per milliliter have better immune systems, better inflammatory control, right? They don't have these they're less likely to have cytokine storms. Their immune system is able to balance itself more effectively. Also, vitamin D very important for BDNF expression, that brain derived neurotropic factor, very important for serotonin optimization, circadian rhythm optimization. So, all these things you're talking about. That's a great foundation that uh, you know is is fairly inexpensive and um, will really move the needle for a lot of people out there. But of course, you know, there's people out there that you know they're listening um that have done a lot of different things when it comes to their health right and they're 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 listening to a lot of podcasts like this they've done all the low-hanging fruit but they're still struggling what what are they missing what what should they look for you know if they're looking for a health coach or practitioner to help guide them
1: sure and and add adding to this list before I go on is yeah. one thing you know strive for community
0: oh, yeah, find friends
1: sure. family a pet is amazing Mm. And find purpose in your life sh- and, and show an attitude of gratitude. Yeah. And the other thing, if you know of any sources, because some, some of us know our sources of inflammation mm. right off the bat, Yeah. correct those. So a great question. So what do you do for those people that tried all these things? And like you said, watch all this podcast and summits and they're still suffering. You know, they tried everything. So um, what I would do is find a practitioner. I mean, I, I would be happy, would be my pleasure to work with you and to help you untangle your unique web so that you may enjoy life to the fullest. So at this point, let's retract. You probably would need someone that will be able to untangle the web by looking at your health history. Yeah. looking at what you think is a factor, because believe it or not, clients know a lot. Yeah. So we need to listen. What you believe is a factor, you know, questionnaires and all of that. And, and there's certain uh, tests that we can u- use to untangle that. And so let me, to give you an idea, I would like to share with you two mm-hmm. case studies that will kind of, illustrate what I'm talking about. Um, The first case study I'm going to share with you, I'm going to call her Susie. This is a fictional name to protect her confidentiality. So this is a 31-year-old female who came to me because she was suffering from extreme anxiety and insomnia. I mean, it was terrible. Susie had gone to a psychiatrist and it was taking Valium in a sleep aid but she was still dealing with it. You know, it was affecting her life in a big way. And so when she came to me, of course, like I said, learned her major complaints, history, and so forth, I recommended some testing. I recommended functional blood analysis, a complete thyroid panel, uh, uh, a test some genes like MTHFR, some genetics in there, fatty acid status. I mean, you mentioned omegas, you know, yeah. fatty acids is so, so, so important for brain health and for immune uh, regulation and the organic acid tests. So through her history, questionnaires, interview, and lab results, I discovered various mm. imbalances or sources of inflammation that were driving her extreme anxiety. So this is what I found. I found that her thyroid was not working properly. She had several nutrient deficiencies and she had a chronic infection. Mm. That was her web of what was causing all this anxiety that the medication only managed, but really didn't heal. So with this information, I developed a personalized wellness plan And I saw Susie back in a month. She shared with me that she no longer needed a sleep aid and that she diminished her, that her anxiety diminished so much that she had to also diminish her medication. Mm. So in a few months, working with me and her psychiatrist, she was able to get off the Valium and was finally anxiety free. Susie got her job. Got a new job, and she was considering the possibility of dating again. Mm. That is awesome. so awesome. Her life
0: back. Gap. Yep.
1: Yes, yes. And so I want to share, I would like to share case number two. And this is a 75-year-old female. I would like to call her Terry. She suffered from delusions of persecution. She also had been diagnosed with Alzheimer's and she refused to take her medication for Alzheimer's because it made her feel out of control and she had terrible, terrible nightmares. Terry was also prescribed Risperdal, which is an antipsychotic drug for her delusions, And the family was very concerned because that medication had a black box warning that said that in the elderly population, this drug increased the risk of death Mm. By any cost. So that was kind of, ooh. So yeah. anyway, after my client interview, looking at her health history and chief, chief complaints, I recommended some testing. So let's untangle that web. So I recommended functional blood analysis, fatty acid status, the MTHFR, the cardiac panel, celiac genetics, gluten and food sensitivity testing. And through this process, I discovered that she had celiac disease. She had multiple nutrients deficiencies, and she had poor blood flow and leaky gut. So there were a lot of inflammation going on that had ended in this, uh, you know, mental illness, Alzheimer's combination. So... With this information, again, I design a program specifically for her and the family, help her implement the program and continue care with her prescribing physician. So at some point, you know, as I was, we were working together, they also took her to her neurologist. It was so interesting because her neurologist told them, "Um, well, Susie her progression is not the normal Alzheimer's progression. Terry was supposed to get worse, not better. And so it was like, and so yep, they were yeah. told, whatever you're doing, keep doing, because this is not yeah, amazing. the normal progression. So she no longer suffers from delusions and she's getting better all around. Oh, so this God. is how we untangle yeah, the amazing.
0: web. Yep. Absolutely. And so you're getting to the root cause, addressing the inflammation, the root cause of the inflammation and the body's adapting and it's healing and people are able to get their life back. So awesome. Yeah.
1: And, and it's all about supporting the body to heal itself. Yeah. The body's the one that's going to do the healing. As long as we remove the inflammation, we give the body what it needs and Mindset, we have the hope and believe that we're going to get better.
0: Absolutely. Well, Dr. Yvonne, this has been just a phenomenal interview and uh, just really value your, your knowledge, your experience here. The, the case studies were, were great that you shared. Guys, if you're out there and you want a phenomenal health coach, doctor, Dr. Yvonne, she works with us at drjockers.com. You can reach her at Dr. Yvonne, that's I-V-O-N-N-E, at drjockers.com. You can also find her under the coaching tab on our website, and we'll have a link in the show notes as well. She works with people all around the world virtually. So through Zoom or phone interviews, um, using um, health questionnaires, lab testing, um, detailed interviews to really help you address the root cause factors and get your health and your life back. And uh, she's working with people with a wide variety of different issues. So just reach out to her again, Dr. Yvonne at drjockers.com is her email. You can email her your questions, your concerns, and see if she's a good fit for you and helping navigate you through your health journey. And and uh, get through the web, whether it's you know mental health or chronic pain or you know hormonal dysfunction or whatever it is that you're dealing with. So, Dr. Yvonne, any last words of inspiration for our audience here?
1: Hope. Never lose hope. And if one practitioner, doctor, health coach, whoever you're working, does not get you where you need to go, go on, move, keep going until believe from the bottom of your heart that you will get better, believe is important. And of course, the other one is wanting, you know, do you really want to get better? Because believe it or not, there's some people that don't want to get better. They're, they're, you know, they, they want to stay there. So again, the last words are hope. Never lose hope. Keep moving until you get answers to
0: your questions. Amen. I love that, Dr. Yvonne. Thanks so much for your time, guys. Reach out to her and we'll see you on a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody. Well, that's all for this show. And I want to thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. And if there was something you heard in this interview that you have questions on or you want to dive into deeper, then drjockers.com is the best place to go.